Gaming Radio. G'day guys, welcome to another episode of Glazeby Gaming Radio. We're here with Luke Visma, how are you dude? Good thanks, how are you? Oh, not too bad, getting, getting there. Um, so, for anyone that doesn't know who Luke Visma is, you uh, have a drift car in real life. Well, two actually yeah. now, don't you? <laughs> yes, I have two now. <laughs> cool. Um, so, he's, you're located in Perth, uh, Western Australia. Actually, same. Yeah, same state as uh, we used to live not far from us. <laughs> so, um, I believe, like before you, um, before you, you had, you're a few generations into motorsport competing, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm the third generation. So, my granddad, he first started in speedway. Then, my dad, who did uh, sprint cars, drag racing, and motorbikes. And then now me passing on the torch. So Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. So do you um have much sort of I'm guessing you grew up around sort of cars and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, my life has always like evolved around cars. There's pretty much every aspect I've done, like through when it came to schooling, when it came to pretty much just my everyday life has been around cars. So yeah. it's it's definitely I've been born into it, so I don't think I can back out anytime soon, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I definitely love doing it so yeah so I guess that gave you a good sort of um background with I guess you'd know a lot about motors and be able to do a lot of all your own stuff to your car yeah um, me and my dad work along as a team we do pretty much all of our work to our own car apart from the fabrication side of it but we pretty much do every single thing that comes with our cars yeah yeah nice so before like backtracking I guess be a few years now you were into RC drifting yeah so um I did that's how I originally got into RC drifting or drifting itself um through RC drifting I saw on YouTube one day and I was really interested so I started off uh with the four-wheel drive car Mm -hmm. um that lasted probably like three months and I went straight to real drive because that's what everyone was competing in at the time so I think I spent roughly two three years in RC drifting and I ended up two times state champion and I never qualified below a 90 score so yeah right yeah so um so what do they do to the cars to make them drift is it just like big motors on them or do you have like plastic tubes on the tires um, so there's a lot of specifications when it comes to drifting. Obviously, the front-end setups are all different compared to, let's say, race cars. Um, mm. There's specially built chassis for them, um, but normally with drift cars, we have plastic tyres. Yeah. So we're not super gripped up. We don't have rubber tyres. Yeah, right. So yeah. plastic tyres, so it spins easier on the concrete or mm-hmm. tiles, whatever you want to run them. Sometimes people run carpet. But um, we pretty much, with our car, we had the motor set up in the back, so we had more weight to the rear, so it was faster. Yeah, right. yep. And the weight balance was much nicer to handle. So it, there's a lot of aspects that go into RC drifting, but it's, it's definitely a very technical sport. It's almost as technical as real life. Yeah, right. Yeah, so they have a few, because I think it's, well, I haven't heard much on it, but I don't think they've shut down recently, but do you have, like, tracks and stuff you used to compete at? Um. Yeah, so the it, drifting, RC drifting in Perth went down for a little bit. There was a lot of issues with certain clubs, so drifting, RC drifting went down for a while. But now there's, I think, two tracks in Perth mm-hmm. that specialise in RC drifting. Um, I know there's a competition that recently just started up in Wanneroo, um, uh, which is where the race track is where I drift. Um, there's a competition up there with a couple of my old friends that I used to drift with. So 
Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. So um, you said you did that for three years, was it? Yeah, two to three years, I'd say. Yeah. So they have like a, is it the comp, is it the same as like real life drifting where you had to do a qualifying run and then battles or? Yeah, so we did um, two qualifying runs, non-consecutive. Uh, so we did a one qualifying run, then wait a bit, then do our next one. Yeah. Uh, then I went straight to the top 32 or top 16, so which whatever, whichever one it was, how many people there were. Um, we get prizes for winning. We get prizes for top qualifying. So it was it was definitely a good uh, event, actually. I really enjoyed doing RC drifting. I definitely enjoyed it because I actually got to represent Australia um, yeah. over in Sydney. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Is it hard, like, practicing? I guess you'd need a concrete shed or something to practice in, or do you just go, do they have practice events? Yeah, so normally when we went to practice, normally I'd go after school. Or I didn't go all the time, but normally I'd go, like, maybe twice a week, Yeah. sometimes once a week. Just after school, go to the place where they hold it, just practice there, get a couple of laps in, just get acclimated to it, and then just go home and chill out. Yeah, nice, nice, yeah. Um, so you went from RC drifting, I believe you went into drag racing as well then, didn't you? Well, so RC, drag racing was before RC drifting. Oh, so it was actually before that. I was, yeah, so I was drag racing and then while I was drag racing, I was doing RC drifting at the same time. So mm-hmm. I started drag racing first when I was 10 years old Yeah. and I left the sport, um, when I was 15 due to an unfortunate accident where a young female died, mm-hmm. um, sadly, um, so after that, the sport got banned for three years. So I left, and then at that time, I was doing RC drifting. Then I stepped to real life drifting. Yeah, right. Yeah. So what made you? Was that any of your family into sort of drag racing, or? Um. So my dad is very into drag racing. He did drag racing for roughly like twenty years or so, and he held a record for fourteen years in double V funny car. Yeah, right. I so know. One of the fastest men in Australia for his class. Yeah. Awesome. So you um, so obviously you didn't have a like adult spec speedboat car. Did they have like a junior version or a bit smaller motors? Um, so my dad, when he did uh, sprint car racing, he was in the big leagues. Um, mm-hmm. He was he was one of the fastest then again as well. Pretty much everything he gets his hands on, he turns out to be the fastest. <laughs> but, um, I never got into speedway. Um. I do enjoy watching dirt racing, but it's not something I would personally get into. It's yeah. fun to watch, but it's not something I'd personally do. So mm-hmm. I got, in my early stages of my life, when I was four years old, I did go-karting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got out of that because I got bored because I wasn't able to go to certain tracks because of my age. Yeah, right. So I got yep. pretty quick, then I went to motorbikes and then drag racing when I was 10 years old. Yeah, right. So, yeah. yeah, I think... Um, must have been your mum, I think there's a video of you in the driver, I think, like, cutting sick in a go-kart. And <laughs> you, I yeah, think, how old were you then? You know, you would have been not very yeah, old. There is, a, there is a video of me, of me online when I was four years old drifting in the uh, go-karts when I was yeah, yeah. on YouTube. So yeah. If you guys want to see that, search out my name and you'll see it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, so obviously, um, well, yeah. Parents are very, like, scared of letting you... I know some parents, you know, don't like being, people being on motorbikes or going fast, or is that just something that, I guess, naturally they weren't too concerned? Um, I think, well, my mum and dad both been very supportive of me racing, and I, I pretty much got everything off them, so they're the ones to blame for me being crazy. 
sometimes. So (laughs) (laughs) they definitely support everything I do and I'm very grateful for that. So it is, it is, I did get all my like race car jeans from them. So Mm -hmm. they sort of expect me to be a little bit adventurous from time to time. Yeah. yeah. So you said with the motorbikes, did you ever do competing or was that just more for fun? Um, no, I never really did competing. I just had fun in them. I was just driving, well, I just riding with my cousin doing, we had like, we made a little racetrack around our house. We had a decent sized property, yeah. uh, like full of grass. So we just did a, made a whole lap around the whole house. Yeah. yeah. And I was used to out there. So we, we were just doing it for fun. There was never really, I never did any competitions or did massive jumps or anything. Just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah. Um, so you went from the drag racing um, quit that and then you got your first drift car how did that come about yeah um how did you sort of like learn and get into it um so i sold my drag car one day and then that exact same day i bought an r32 four-door um at the time we bought it it was like an army camo sort of color like yep. it was like a tannish color um it had 450 horsepower rb25 turboed it was a little bit extreme for me. Um, so I went before buying that car. I first started at drift school, um, Ken Leong's drift school WA. Um, I learned a lot of my previous like skill from there, just mm. learning how to drift and um, just get a handle on the car. So yeah. if you are from Perth and you do want to learn to drift, go to drift school WA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely be very helpful when it came to me learning how to drift. But my first ever event in my um. R32 was at a, at a Matsuri and that's, I sort of got chucked into the deep end because everyone's just full sending, just two day event full of fun. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I learned the ropes. It took me a little bit, little bit, but it's a process. You never get anything straight away. So hmm. it's just all about learning and being like progressing further and further. Yeah, yeah, no. So, yeah. So with the, um, well, what sort of power comparison to your drag car to your drift car was like? What what were your drag cars running? So basically, the drag cars were a Briggs and Shannon motor. They're sort, mm. of, sort of specially built. They're sort of based off lawnmower motors, but they're like that, but ten times crazier. Yeah. Um, the drag cars didn't have the most horsepower, but because they weighed pretty much pretty like lot, yeah. kilos, so we were hitting like I think it was. 140 kilometers yeah so that that normally uh beats the brand new commodores these days so it's that's the sort of speed comparison yeah um, to the eighth mile so it's it's sort of hard to say how much horsepower we have because we never really got on the dyno yeah yeah um they're not really able to get on the dyno Mm because of the style of the car but yeah yeah just a speed comparison to the commodores Mm -hmm. so i guess you'd um was it very hard going into such a powerful car? Like, did you get sort of catch on it quite quickly, being over 400 horsepower? Um, so with is this my drift car you're talking about? Yeah, drift car. So yeah. Yeah. So with the drift car, um, I was struggling a lot because it had a big turbo on it, and it was a lot of like lag in it. So yeah. We we from that first event at the mat, so we we instantly knew we had to go a smaller turbo. So less a lag and we had 330 horsepower in the car when we changed the turbo over so mm-hmm. that just made it so much more job when i learned so much quicker doing that yeah 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 i guess you, you see some of these cars that um 
it's just where yeah, the lag's <laughs> pretty crazy on them. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you do see like some people, I don't know if they're learning or just not very good, but you see they do struggle with it. So is that something that they would, I guess you'd run on bigger tracks, wouldn't it? Yeah, definitely is. To learn how to drift, you definitely want a sort of basic bare-bones car. You don't really want a 1,000 horsepower, like, <laughs> something. But yeah. it's, it's definitely better to learn and progress. And I think the benefit of me driving, I learned very quick. And so I could make that step up to a bigger car, like, faster than normal. Yeah, yeah. So is that – um? did you do – how long did you have that uh, um, Skyline? So I had that for roughly, I'd say, 10 months. Then yep. I bought the LS13, which is now named Sapphire. Mm-hmm. Um, we bought that uh, for a very good price, considering how much the guy put into it. Unfortunately, he had a back injury, so he couldn't drive. Yeah, right. Which yeah. is unfortunate. But um, we picked that up for a really good deal. And then again, we sold the R32 one day, then bought the S13 that same day as well. So mm. we're definitely quick about moving in and out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what made you go from the um to go to the S13? So we from the R thirty two we went from an R B twenty five with three hundred and thirty horsepower to a S thirteen with L L ninety eight, which is basically the six litre L S um <laughs> sort of brand new L S. Yeah. Uh which had five hundred and eighteen horsepower. Yeah. Um and the first ever event I did in that, which is the biggest competition in Perth, maybe you could classify Australia, which is Battlefest, and that was definitely an interesting event. And I surprisingly, for my first ever event in a brand new car, like a, bre- a different chassis, different front end setup, different engine setup, I made it to the top eight against one of the best drivers in Australia. So mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, you're definitely gifted. I remember, I think. You had your S13, went to a uh, practice event um, at Barbagello. I remember because I hadn't been to the drifts for a while and then um, seen this S13, um, S13 going around. I thought, oh, yeah, you know, this guy's um, not too bad. I just thought, yeah, it must have been one of the other drivers and then found out you probably, well, you must have been like 17 at the time, I guess. Yeah, I, I was, I haven't, yeah, so basically when I had the S13, I was 17 and mm. I was, I think I was the youngest competitive drifter in Australia. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I'm pretty much one of the most successful youngest drifters in Australia, to my knowledge. Yeah. So they do they have an age limit that you can get into drifting, or? Um, there's not necessarily an age limit, as there is like 13 years old over it, like 13 year old drifters over it. Yeah, Europe, yeah. But yeah. It's it's really depending if you can get a cams license, which is a basically racers license. Yeah. Um, to drive on the track, but if you can't, I'd say the minimum age is sixteen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um. I guess it's yeah a lot of cost in it. Do you get to go to the track like when you're younger much to practice or? Um. The, when I first had my thirty two, um, I did quite a bit of practice in it, but. We, as a team, me and my dad, we try to get to the track as much as possible to get as much practice as I can. Yeah. Uh, lately, we're slowing down because the costs have been rising. Yeah. Um, every event, so it is getting quite costly, but we are trying to show up to every event, and that is why we're building another car right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah. So obviously, you 
guess a big part of drifting is all your sponsors and um, <laughs> like try and help cover the costs. Um, yeah, so you're building a new car. How did that come about? S13 as well, I believe. Um, so that the S13 we're building right now is my original street car. So mm-hmm. we didn't we didn't really have the intent of buying or making the S13 a drift car, but um, we suddenly, like a day before my birthday, and my 18th birthday, um, my dad saw an S15 spec R driving down the road, and he asked him how much it is, and to the most surprise, that S13 was one of the cleanest I've seen, and it was 11.5k, and to normally get an S15 of that caliber that I've got, it probably cost 25k. So yeah, 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 it's definitely clean. We made a we made a smart purchase, and even if I didn't necessarily like it, but I love it because I love S15s. Mm-hmm. Um, we could sell it for an extra 10k and just make profit out of it. But um, we bought that, and that just became my street car, and the S13 was just sitting there. So we either thought to sell it or to turn it into my practice car, so we didn't have to spend up to one thousand to two thousand dollars in the event. Yeah, right. Yep. So is that um, what sort of power are you hoping motor you? You're sticking the original so motor with the with a practice car. I'm going to stay the SR20, so it's going to be very Japanese style. So mm-hmm. it'd be roughly like 300 to 350 horsepower, very very low spec. But it's really everyone in Perth here starting to buy some missile cars. So yeah. I want to jump on that train and pretty much just get a lot of door to door action and just having a lot of fun as I can. Yeah, well, I guess with um, yeah, I guess with having a bit lower horsepower, you wouldn't be burning through tires as quick and fuel and all that. <laughs> Cause, um, yeah yeah the sapphire that yeah, <laughs> i think it must be one of the well there's a few more cars coming in now but you were definitely the one that used to blow off the most smoke yes with, with sapphire um i definitely can minimize the amount of tire use i do but when it comes to competition and you're pushing hard there's no real room for just trying to conservate tires so yeah. i definitely go a lot of tires normally for a one day event and it's like a competition i go through like seven sets of tires yeah. which is like 14 tires yeah all like 60 to 70 dollars each per tire so you can do the maths but it's quite a bit um, <laughs> of that yeah the 85 so it's definitely a lot of an expenses going into the car and we worked out um it's a hundred dollars pretty much per minute to run my car yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, gee. So, yeah, um, I know, yeah, when I think it was round one this year, we went down and watched and, um, yeah, just like fuel tyres, just non-stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Round one track was interesting because we could do two, well, it was hard because we could do two battles with a tyre, but the tyre wasn't necessarily dead, but we couldn't do an extra battle because otherwise it'd be completely gone. Yeah. So it was hard. We had like a lot of tires that were three quarters gone, so it was it's definitely sort of wasting the tire. But we had to do it for competition wise. Yeah, yeah. So that um that comp that was pretty sick. That was the um off the main straight into the corner. Uh, what sort of speeds it speeds were you getting on that? Because that was pretty intense battles at the end. In that comp, I think me and Damien McBride, who me and him in the finals, I think mm-hmm. I was hitting speeds of like one fifty to one sixty. Just yeah. stand still in the street. But normally if you get a run up on that show, you can hit speeds of 180, 190, yeah. which I'm hitting right now. But hopefully with the new engine upgrade, I can hit that 200 barrier. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, because we um, yeah, it was just crazy. Like at the start, I guess uh, slower cars were struggling to keep up um, on that first corner. But in the end, yeah, it was that <laughs> was door to door. You know, one fifty or whatever it was. That was pretty crazy. Was it sort of hard to battle at that speed, or is it a bit easier? Um, no, when it comes to certain big tracks, I prefer battling at high speeds because there's a lot less of like bobbling, a lot less snapping. Like mm. it's more of you just like foot down the floor and you're just sort of managing your speed alongside the door. Yeah. When it's the tighter tracks, you're constantly transitioning. You constantly have to gear change. There's just so much more going on when it's a tight, small track compared yeah. to a big flying track. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because, um, well, I guess it be changing a bit now, but D1WA, they were sort of run the infield tracks, don't they? And then I think, well, Drift West is, is that right? They've just announced that they're no longer, no longer running comps? Yeah, so Drift West, the staff of Drift West, um, they said they're no longer running it. But I think Drift West is still around, but it's run under sort of the track. Yeah. So I, I don't believe that it's going to be much done with that, like in the size of like, there'll be practice and all that events, but there won't be any competition. It comes, yeah. Because no one's really running it. But D1WA have stepped up and a lot of the people from the Drift West side have gone to D1WA. So there's a lot more variety of events and one of them I just went to, um, what's called last weekend, which is Run the Wall. Um, yeah. That's sort of a mastery event that D1W hosted, and they're doing a lot of events lately for everyone, so it's good fun. Yeah, yeah. So do you um, do you think they'll sort of pick up a main track comp? Or? Um, so from what I've heard, they're planning to run Battlefest themselves, as yep. Drift West normally always run Battlefest, which is one of the biggest competitions of the year. Yeah. So I believe D1W will be running... Um, Battlefest, but who knows what will happen? There's there's only plans and speculations, so who knows? Yeah, well, hopefully they can um, <laughs> hopefully they can pick it up. But um, I so. yeah, I guess some of the um, as a spectator view, the drift west is um definitely it was sick to go and <laughs> watch some of those um big corners and a lot faster anyway. But um, yeah, so you're saying with that main straight on Barbara, how quick have you hit it? Like. I think the fastest I've ever hit it is 192. Yeah, and that was that was breaking it. <laughs> I, was, I normally don't get scared when it comes to drifting, anything to do with drifting. But that was that was one time I did get quite scared because you're entering into pretty much a sand trap that has flipped cars before. Yeah, so you de- you definitely got that on your mind, but it's it's a point where you, if you're trying to break the 200 barrier, you got to be full send. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think where the current condition of my car is at with the 518 horsepower, I don't think I can hit 200. Yeah. But with a new engine with an extra 200-ish horsepower and like 600 torque, um, hopefully I can hit the 200 barrier. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's quite popular. I think um, Mitch Lana, everyone knows Mitch Lana, sent a few. He reckon, well, I think it was close to, would it be close to 200. Um, yeah, I think. I think Mitch Lyon is the only person in the Drift community to hit 200 so far. So Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, if anyone wants to check that out, it's pretty uh, crazy. I think you chucked a back in as well. <laughs> but, yeah, is that something you're hoping to accomplish as well? 
Yeah, I definitely want to be out there. I'm, I'm definitely trying to chase his tail as he is. <laughs> uh, he is pretty much the best driver in Australia and a very good like, ranked driver in the world. Yeah. So I definitely have been trying to... Well, I talked to him a little bit and i trying to get some like opinions of him and see where I can improve. Mm. And I definitely hope to see him in battle soon. I definitely want to learn off him as he is one of the best drivers. So Yeah, have you, good. have you battled him much... Um... Like sort of previous when he was because I think he sort of stepped away from comps a bit in WA, but yeah. So the last time I battled battled him was in my thirty two. So it's yeah. been quite a while. There's, yeah. there's been opportunities where we both could have battled each other, but we somehow just keep avoiding each other. Yeah, it's a little bit annoying, but it's just I guess how it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that would be um. I reckon that'd be pretty crazy. He'd be close, I think. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully yeah. soon. Um. So, yeah, you talked a little bit about sort of running a drift car. Um, how hard is it? Like, is there many sacrifices you need to make, like, in your, like, just normal life with, like, keeping cars running and, like, yeah. Obviously, with every motorsport, there's going to be sacrifices because cars and just motorsport in general is just expensive. So, yeah. we, we've had to make a lot of sacrifices. We had to sell our old, like, house to move into a smaller house. So, yeah. we make some money up. But um, there is a lot of sacrifices and the cost of running a car after every event, we've got to pretty much tear it down, uh, new oil, pretty much wash it, do everything just to freshen it up, check all the components, gearbox, diff, everything. Mm-hmm. So that alone is a lot of time and some money. Mm-hmm. So and obviously we're going to buy fresh tires and everything with that. So it is a lot of time, a lot of money, but it definitely is it's a risk reward thing. And there yeah. in my case, the rewards much higher than the risk. Mm. So you think like as a kid growing up as well, did you ever regret like obviously you weren't probably as much out there with kids, you know, riding push bikes or something. Michelle, you would have been in the shed a bit. Is that um, is that something you've ever regretted or you've like preferred it? Um, so pretty much through a stage in my life when I was in, I guess you could say, middle school. Mm. Um, I was pretty much every day out riding with my friends. So yeah, I definitely yeah. have a decent childhood. Like, mm-hmm. um, if probably if I didn't involve my life so much around cars, I probably could have more friends. But I don't regret anything, and I I've loved every single like thing leading up to this moment in my life so yeah nice yep um yeah so with your family especially your dad um you're saying they're all quite supportive um all events i've been to your dad's always yelling at you through the sidelines and (laughs) ringing you every two seconds and um it's pretty it might like it seems like a pretty strong bond with you and your dad yeah my dad, he's he's definitely very supportive of me. And he only wants the best of me. He does, he is a little bit harder sometimes, but that's just um pretty much the origin where our family came from. Uh, we're all Dutch, so we're quite stubborn and sometimes hot headed. Yeah. So it it is it is sometimes hard to work with, but me and him make a great team, and I understand him, and he understands me. So yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. And yeah, I see um grandparents and that rock up as well to come and watch. Yeah, my grandparents pretty much shop every event, so I'm very grateful for that as they do. They're pretty much my number one supporters, so. Yeah, yeah. So always um, got the Luke Visma hoodies on and stuff and <laughs> during your walk back and forth. That's cool. So yeah. what was your, um, was it your granddad? What was he, um, was he into speedway um, or drag racing? 
Yeah, so my granddad uh, did Speedway. Um, I can't exactly remember what cars he drove, but he mm-hmm. did Speedway, and uh, from from memory, is very successful. So, yeah. But that that torch got passed on to my dad, and my dad did more than I. I'm sort of leveling with what my dad's doing right now. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's definitely around the family. Um, yeah. So you've got yeah Sapphire now. You, I believe you've just chucked chuck well in the process of putting a new motor in. Yeah, so we after the last event we crashed quite bad. Um, we damaged a lot of the car, so we stripped the car fully. Um, we've been starting to do version three of uh, the build, so I'll give you a quick description of what we're doing. So pretty much we've stripped the whole um, car bare. Uh, we put the new LSA in it, which we're aiming to run seven hundred horsepower and a thousand torque. It's a mm-hmm. supercharged V eight. Um, we've pretty much got a whole brand new body kit, uh, from corporate industries. Uh, they've helped us out a lot with both cars. We've got brand new kits for both cars. Yeah. Um, I'm planning to do a new design on the car for 2021, but, um, we're going to probably need help from certain design companies uh, yeah. to print the, as we've put, we put a lot of money in this car. We're definitely cutting cutting it close to not being having any, have any money left. <laughs> yeah. We're definitely putting a lot of money into this car, but the car's going through a big, big switch. So hopefully the next time you see the car out, it's going to be screaming like hell. Yeah. So um, you've compared to other cars, like your car seems to be quite up there with um, specs. I remember like, Quite a few years ago, I don't know, four or five years ago when I started watching drifting, it was, you know, a lot of them were, you know, bombs sort of thing. You're all dented up and I guess not as much money spent on them. But recent times, like, you go there, there's just, you know, all nice paints and as soon as they're damaged, you know, there's all new panels. And um, and then, like, your car seems to be, um, along with a few others, like, pretty high spec, you know. Is there much like what's been done to it to get it to that level yeah so originally before buying my car we believe there's been like seventy thousand dollars being put into it so for the price that we bought it at, it was such a deal so i'll give you a quick yeah. breakdown of what's done to the car so the car was original when s13 uh got fully stripped to bare chassis um that got stitch welded so it was all strong uh got the front end and rear end cut off um, that put all tubed front end and rear end chassis, so that just makes it removable, so it's easier to work on. And if we do have a crash, we can just replace it. Um, the car's been painted fully white uh, with blue, basically bash bars. Um, we had basically the whole underneath of the car is an S15, so we've got an S15 subframe, uh, S15 steering rack, and everything. Then we got um, a full wise fab front end and a full GK Tech rear end. So um, we've got a pretty much, so it came with the L98 in it, which had 518 horsepower. Um, a pretty standard diff and a pretty standard trans, but what we've done to it, um, we've done a rear mount radiator, so moved it all to the back, so it's more weight to the yeah. rear. Uh, we put a sequential shifter on it from the S1 sequentials. Um, we've put the BCL wing on it, which has done a lot. It's amazing, and I love it. Um, we've done the rear end cuts. We've um, put a little bit stronger gearbox in it. It's still saying gearbox, just upgraded components, so it's stronger. Um, and, uh, we've done 
we pretty much had to replace the bash bars as I I'm pretty reckless when it comes to drifting. I've broken both. <laughs> so yeah. we replaced those. Um, that was pretty much the sort of version two of the car. Now, as I explained before, we're going to stage three of the car. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so do you think, like, obviously a lot less horsepower you practice car, but do you think there'll be a bit of, well, obviously will be, but a bit of a handling difference compared to your practice car? Like, um, yeah. Is that sort of restrictive with certain certain things? Um, so the the practice car is definitely going to be a lower step towards the um, Sapphire, but so basically the, the practice car has got four less cylinders. It hasn't got the wide side front end. It hasn't got the like massively stiff chassis, but it's an S13 yeah. overall, so it's still going to handle similar. Um, I'm more using that car as for technique-wise and just for to save money. So yeah. it's basically I'm gonna be able to drive that rather than just sitting at home driving the simulator. So yeah. it's it's definitely gonna help me still. Um, obviously, it'll be a little bit be a little bit different. It'll be a little bit little bit to acclimate to the pro car, but mm. it should overall be quite similar. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, um, it's amazing, like when a person has a certain skill level, like. I think Mitch, he got like an R33, I think, like stripped it, put a, well, I think he might have put a, like an angle kit in it or something, and then he was keeping up with all the high horsepower cars. So it's, it's um, once the skill level there, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, Mitch has had a couple of cars over the years. His, his original car is the R34, and that's gone through a couple of stages of its life, and now he's going through in bigger stages, transforming, transforming into something else, which no one knows of. But he recently just built an R32 um, with a V8 and it's just simple, basically like the car, well, basically like my new car's going to be, but mine's SR20. Um, mm-hmm. He's building that just to, so he can drive more while he can't really be overseas competing due to COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, COVID sort of, because I think you were sort of going into, well, I think you won round one of Drift West and then, Obviously, they shut down, but you haven't been able to really get much seat time over the last year or so? Yeah, so pretty much at the start of the year, technically speaking, I won the Drift West Championship, but I, I don't like to classify that I have. So yeah. I technically I am a state champion, but I'm not. Um, we did one round. I won that round, and just apparently I'm a state champion. Um, I don't necessarily classify myself as one. I haven't got the trophy to prove that I'm one, so I, I'm yeah. not saying I'm state champion. Um but yeah, we I think we've only done two other events apart from round one due since COVID, so it's it's been quite slow. Um, it does suck that I can't be out in the seat more, but it has given us time to work on the car, upgrade the car since we can save more money. Um, there is benefits and negatives to it. Obviously, um, I lost my job due to COVID. Um, I'm trying to get that back, but right now we're focusing on building the new car or both cars. Um, moving house and just doing certain things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's affected a lot of people on you. Few of the overseas boys have, you know, haven't been able to drift or pulled out because they're worried about it. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> but saying that, it's been a prime time for gaming. So I believe you're uh, right into your simulators. Um, so where did you sort of get into? Because I think you don't think you had your simulator back in the day. What, what sort of got you into? Um, Game drifting. 
I originally bought my simulator for pretty much, I think I got the simulator when the S13 was pretty much just slightly upgrading. So we bought the S13 so we didn't have to be on track pretty much every single day. Um, we bought it just so I could learn more skills, learn faster and just get better with the technical wise of drifting. And I definitely think it has improved. My chasing game has improved a lot. Um, I'm definitely more consistent with like wall taps and like just the line in general. Um, and I think that was proven over the weekend. Well, uh, run the wall. I was pretty much running the wall every single time. And I definitely, yeah. um, that's definitely helped with the simulator, I would say. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So um, with your sort of gaming, um, when you were younger, I believe you were, is it fours or three? Horizon three you sort of started on? Yeah, so I started gaming in Forza Horizon 3, and then, well, I, I first originally touched Forza on Forza 6. I never really got into the drifting or anything with it. It's just the first ever Forza I had. Then I really got involved with it in Forza Horizon 3, and I I did pretty well there. I did very good uh, competitively, and I joined a team um, for pretty much three years of my life. So, yeah. Yeah, right. So you were... Um with a fairly well-known team, DDS, Drifting to Fawn. Um, so did you do much? Because it's pretty cool with all your, um, like, games and stuff. Uh, you know, people like myself who can't afford a drift car, <laughs> you can compete in all these little online comps. And, um, yeah, so they, I think, was that sort of GCS? Was that sort of when you started or...? Um, so GCS and uh, the comp that I ran Deal and Battles wasn't around on Horizon 3. Uh, back then it was Drift Wars and FDHO, I believe. Um, so uh, there was, there's definitely running comps on online is much cheaper than running comps in real life, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, back then there was quite a different scene. There was a lot of toxicity and just a lot of things with the community that it probably wasn't the best environment to be in. But if you surround yourself with some good people, it's definitely a good fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's um, pretty cool from, um, I remember that sort of, I got into gaming pretty late as well. Um, Forza Horizon 3, everyone used to roll up at the car park, you know, and um, it was pretty cool, you know, just get out in a drift and there's no really games for it. And then um, Forza Horizon 4 came out and that sort of, you know, they brought in all the angle kits and a lot of the rides are, you know, sort of perfect for drifting. Um, yes. That was pretty cool. And they uh, sort of like all your painting as well. That's all. Um, so did you do much competing, like many comps when you um, were sort of in Forza? So I did do a lot of comps, like probably I'd say six, seven months ago in Forza. Um, then I slowly mm-hmm. started getting bored of it. Uh, so I stopped yeah. doing comps and um, I think it was almost like a year ago now probably come out to his one-year anniversary soon. Um, I started D1 Battles, which is sort of a mid-range comp. I'm um, like sort of not a 1,000 horsepower FD spec and not grassroots spec, sort of in the middle. Um, I started that and I've hosted it for three seasons and just pretty much last week I've officially handed it off and I'm pretty much no longer involved with it. Um, the, the main reason why I did that is just because I wanted to focus more on aesthetic also, um, and my real-life stuff. Um Forza, for me, doesn't really have a future that much. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's fun overall, but I've been playing Forza for like four or five years. And it's just, 
it's sort of getting repetitive and boring. There's not really yeah, much yeah. you can achieve, like, prizes-wise and all, all that with it. So that's why yeah. I switched to a set of courses in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a cool, like, um, it's a cool base for to have a bit of fun and, you know, yeah. catch doors with your mates. But apart from that, yeah, like, T1 Battles, I think, was definitely sort of one of the main comps everyone wanted to do. Um, and there's the grassroots comp that I think has been going for quite a few years now. But, um, yeah, I guess like, especially recently it's just, you know, died. <laughs> yeah. No one, no, no, yeah, no one really wants to, you know, like it's just, it gets boring. Um, and, you know, we've sponsored a few little comps here and there and sort of, you know, given prizes, a little bit of prizes to help out. But um, you're sort of also right into your um, paints and stuff on cars. Is that? I don't know. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> you sit there and make all these com- um, all these paints and like, cause how long does a say complex paint take you to do on on Forza? For? Um, it really depends on the scent paint. The longest paint I've done is probably twenty eight hours straight. Uh, yeah. There's paints that just take an hour or thirty minutes or so. So it's really depending on how in depth and involved I want to go with. Um, it's definitely takes a lot of patience to do painting um you definitely can't mm. really be frustrated or like sort of pushy with it there's definitely takes a lot of patience and a lot of time to make a really nice paint so i yeah. i started painting back in need for speed 2015 actually that was the first yeah, time right, yeah. i started painting then i started implementing it into like sort of midway through Forza horizon 3 um mm-hmm. i started painting for teams and i have actually Risk, like started being getting paid for doing paints. Um, yeah, that's cool. It's, it's a little bit of a source of income. Um, I I enjoy doing it sometimes. Sometimes I'm just not in the mood to do it, and sometimes I do it like quite a lot. But it's, yeah, it's, yeah. You no, know, sometimes it's just good to just sit down, listen to music, and just paint and be focused on one thing. Yeah. So is that something you've um done with your sort of real life cars? Do you, did you design your sapphire paint? Um. So Hero Prince designed my sapphire paint, and I've currently was called. I'm currently trying to get another paint designed for the car, and also the red car. Um, and that's definitely going to be a secret for a while because I don't know if it's going to happen yeah. yet. So I'm I'm hinting at it. There might be a paint, there might not be, but it's not a con- it's not a confirmation. I haven't received anything yet, so it is it's not a definite. It's not a it's not a like negative as well. So. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what comes up with it, but we'll see. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, so you're saying you did day one battles. Um, how long did you say? Three seasons. Yeah. Um, just wanted to touch a bit on what it's like running a comp, I think, because we get a lot of emails and stuff saying, oh, um, you know, oh, we want you to sponsor our new comp, rah, rah, and then, Next minute, you know, a couple of comps in, they shut down and, you know, because it's, uh, I think, a fair bit of work people don't realise. Um, how is that, like, does it take much time out of your day to be running a comp like Yeah, so when it comes to running a comp, I have to sacrifice pretty much three, four days to run a comp. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is, uh, running the comp is fine, it's just having to deal with the people that's the toughest bit about running a comp. There's a lot of drama and toxicity when it comes towards it, but 
um, I like to be as professional as possible and with sponsors on board with the um, competition, I definitely don't have any tolerance to drama or toxicity. So I just remove the mm. people from the uh, competition. But yeah, pretty much um, I dedicate one day of the week to doing track demonstration videos and then um, I dedicate Thursday to doing all the sign-ups and everything. Then Friday is qualifying, then Saturday is comp day. So it definitely takes a lot of time out of my day to run the comps and that's why I de I've handed it off. Um, I don't really have that much time anymore to do certain comps like that, but it's it's definitely it's good fun to run, but you definitely need a lot of you definitely need maturity and a lot of persistency to run a comp because dealing with people is sometimes hard. <laughs> yeah, that's um that, yeah, that's a great thing I think with D one battles that um as always, yeah. Some of the other comps got a bit toxic and favoured and I guess your um real life drifting experience as well would help with um experience you know for setting out tracks and judging and is there any sort of method to picking tracks that you used or just look for um whatever is there a voting system or when i design tracks is is i always think about the chase driver and how easy it's going to be for them if if the track is designed for the lead driver to succeed and the chase driver to fail it'll never work so you always try to design the track for the chase driver um, and if if you and it comes with a lot of testing as well. I've got some friends that help me out testing and just help out with certain things um, to do with the tracks. But mainly, I design all the tracks myself. And then when it comes to the testing stage, I invite one private person to come in and test the tracks so the tracks don't get released to the public. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, so the you've handed it off now. Is that sort of are they going to keep it the same sort of? Um, same sort of comp, or are they changing it up, or not allowed to release anything yet? <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm still like sort of listening into what they're doing. Uh, currently, right now, they're going through some ideas of what they want to do or what they want to change. Um, mm -hmm. Right now, nothing has changed as of yet, so I don't know if they're going to change the specs. I know they're going to do six brand new tracks, um, but I'm not too sure what they're going to be doing when it comes to competition-wise. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, yeah, so we also got you. We started the GGA team because you gaming Arsenal. Um, as I've work away a lot and <laughs> can't run things properly, but um, you've jumped on and helped us lead that with Unix. Um, you've sort of, I guess, had a bit to do with Unix for a while, haven't you? Yeah, um, I've known Unix for, it's coming up to four years now. Me and him have been pretty much good friends and he's been my right-hand man, right man when it comes to pretty much everything to do with Forza. Um, yeah. He's a good guy. He means well. Sometimes it can be annoying, but I love the guy. He, <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely helped and I, I am very grateful towards him for doing what he does for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's um he's done really well with the um, GGI with the, racing side they're always flat out and i'm um, always entering comps and stuff and yeah no it's cool to see um so we've sort of well, as you said before falls are sort of dying and gets a bit repetitive um and you've got your simulator with a set of Corsa. um what's that sort of there's quite a few comps for a set of Corsa now that's i think where it's at for drifting yeah, set of course is just is going crazy right now. There's there's a lot of comps. There's so many people competing in it. There's 
probably I could probably name ten comps off my head right now that are really big. So it's definitely it's definitely the community you want to try to get into. Um, it's definitely a big feature when it comes to that, and there's a lot of pro real life drifters doing it as well during this COVID season. So it's definitely something yeah. you want to get into. Um, it's definitely more avenue through your set of courses than Forza, I'd say, and it's more to real life as well. Mm-hmm. So what is it like compared to, say, driving um, in real life? Because obviously you don't have that feeling of the car going over bumps or feeling how quick you are. Is it hard with that sort of...? Um, <clears throat> the adjustment parent is... So I started off in drifting in real life, then went to simulator, and I was just... It felt weird at first. Um, it definitely takes getting used to because normally when drifting in real life, you use, you use the G-forces to help you drive. Um, but with the simulator, you got to do it pretty much all yourself. So you got to be a little bit more cautious and a little bit more aware when it comes to certain things driving the simulator. So it, it is... It's, in, it's, in, it's interesting to drive, but it, you get used to it after a while. Yeah. So do you have the VR or do you just go off by screen? Um, I do have a VR right now, but I haven't used it as yet as I've been pretty much at my old, old house. I didn't have the best internet, so I had a lot of frame drops um, and it just, it just made me quite sick. So I've been using a single screen for a while and then hopefully when I can get my PC fully set up and my room set up, I can use the VR. Yeah, nice, yeah. So you've done um, a few comps, like you do Aussie Drift Cars. I think you did all right in that last season. Yeah, um, I got fifth in the championship. I got a little bit... Two rounds were a little bit interesting with the calls, but overall, fifth is... I was aiming for top ten in the championship. My first ever championship, I got fifth, so I was I was quite happy with that. Yeah. Um, mm especially with one of the rounds where I could barely even show up. I showed up like a minute late to my qualifying. So it, yeah. it was definitely stressful and it was, it was definitely a good first experience for my first ever championship and currently doing another championship right now, which I'm doing quite good in. So let's hope I can get top three for that one. Yeah, nice. Yeah. I remember one of them, I think you were having um, internet issues one round. You're sort of jumping around on screen and yeah. sort of, um, I guess, makes it difficult, but um, it's all part of it. So that, I reckon it's because we sponsored Aussie Drift Co. Um, we were watching them one time, sort of they were building a track or modding it and stuff. That's um, pretty sick how. So you actually drift real life tracks. So I think I was watching them. They use like Google Earth or something, and then you sort of you know edit it all. Um, is that sort of like you think you'd I guess get you familiar with certain tracks? And like, do you ever drift on Barbara Gallo online and stuff? Yeah. So Sean from Oz Drift Go, he makes with along with other people, he makes majority of the Australian tracks. Um, he's also mm-hmm. the owner of Oz Drift Go. So he's a good guy to get to know, but yeah, he creates a lot of Australian tracks, and it definitely is a good sort of reference to where, it, like, basically, if I go drift there in real life, I sort of have a idea of how the track goes and what I need to do to run the track nicely. So it mm-hmm. it is definitely a tool, um, and it's very good to use um, certain tracks like that because in future I was hoping to do it this season, but we were planning to travel over to the high tech oil drift series. And run the pro series there, so it definitely it definitely been good there, knowing the tracks, and I've been driving them before, so yeah. Good. So is that with like, is there much um, 
like the same to real life, like all your grip and sort of the way the cars handle? Is that what's that compared to real life? Because I know yeah. you've got your own car on there as well, don't you? Yeah, so I've got my own car on there, and that's pretty much set up to how my real life car is. And mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely interesting with some cars because everyone makes their own car and everyone makes different car packs. So it's hard to get a consistent range of how the cars feel. Pretty much every car feels different, like from different mod packs. Like for say Aussie Drift Go to DCGP, there's a completely different feeling between them. But there there are cars that feel quite similar to real life. Um, mm-hmm. They're all pretty much uh, the ADC and the VDC cars. I'd say uh, got it quite good compared to real life. Um, I know I think they worked together on the tyres. But I'm I'm not too sure about that. But they're they're definitely getting making inroads towards it being very similar to real life. Hmm. So um, you're doing is it full lock drift comp at the moment? Um, I think you've got. I think you're getting doing pretty well in qualifying through that. Uh, any other comps you're sort of looking at? Uh yeah. So I did full lock drift comp, and um, the first round I did was sort of last minute. I didn't get to use my car and I didn't get any practice so I got out in the top eight I believe it was and I didn't qualify too well so it was an interesting comp then the second comp I uh, qualified first and then lost to my teammate in the finals um that was, that was definitely a great event and then just the last event that we did um I got to the top eight again lost to is is very interesting um probably I wouldn't speak on it too much but it's, it's definitely interesting um sometimes how calls go but yeah, it is what it yeah, is. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to make my ways into Virtual Drift Championship, which is the biggest comp in all of Assetto Corsa. Um, yeah. I've currently got a petition in right now, so we'll see how it goes. And if I make it, I make it. I'll be happy to do it with my teammate. If I don't, I will always keep trying to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So you got the um, you started your own Assetto Corsa drift team, carbon drift team. Yep. Um, so I believe you've got quite a few drivers that have all in the big comps as well yeah there's definitely got a lot of pro drivers in there um we've got i think roughly like four or five vdc drivers in there um got quite a few in real life drivers um and then just other people competing all over the world like the, my fellow leader um he's from israel so it's definitely an interesting pretty much like to getting know people all over the world and use good friends yeah yeah so with your um, set of course, I think you've, because obviously I think you believe you drift with Mitch Lana a bit. Um, you've been able to drift with a few big names on a set of courses, well, haven't you? Yeah, I've drifted with quite a few, I'd, I guess you say, like very well-known names in the um, real-life series. Well, mm. I've drifted with quite a few FD drivers. Um, I've drifted with a couple like of the European drivers. I've drifted with pretty much all the Australian pros, um, so it's definitely it's cool to get to know other people like that. Like you never really expect to meet these people in real life, but then you're driving door to door with them on a set of course. So it's definitely very yeah. cool, and um, it's good to see that real life pros are doing a set of course. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of um, it picked up huge with when, or well, just not even drifting with racing as well. Like um, everyone was getting on simulators and flat out it was went huge for a while, you know. Yeah. Um, no, nah, it's cool to see. Yeah. Um, so to finish up, what's your final plans for um, real life drifting? Um, 
my future goal um is obviously i want to go to the european drift masters um yeah. I, i'd like to do fd in the future but i think the cost of doing a whole season is just quite insane yeah. from memory it's like a million to two mil to run a whole season there so yeah right. I, unless if i get picked up of a like with a team i don't think i'll be running fd but yeah. European Drift Masters is definitely more achievable, and since Michelana runs there, I can talk to him about it quite a bit and just find out the logistics side of it. So that's definitely the future plans, but right now I want to do very well in Australia and just see how I can do against the pros, really. Yeah, nice. Yep. Well, we uh, hope to see you uh, do well, hopefully pick up some big sponsors and get you over there. <laughs> That's what yeah, um, always aiming for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks very much for jumping on with you, and um, I hope to catch up with you soon. No worries, thank you very much. <laughs>